We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I sincerely apologize. I do really apologize. Last week, people said, we don't like it when you win. We don't like it when you're happy. We like it when you do these reviews and you're depressed and you're sad and you're beating yourself up over bad plays because you did too much galaxy braining. I have bad news, guys. I have really bad news. I won I won $10,000 yesterday. And... The deposit king might just be fully dead, fully dead. There's now $15,726.89 in my DraftKings account. This is uncharted territory. There are far too many digits in my DraftKings balance. I I have two options. Either the, the deposit king is just fully dead right after I had t-shirts made. Those are on the way. <laughs> deposit king t-shirts. Um but we won. Here's the thing though, guys, we actually have a bit of a controversy. Everyone knows about my bankroll challenge spreadsheet. The $10,000 win was not in the spy I was doing for the bankroll challenge. And having done randomizer streams where I go against the rules, the chat gets very upset at me. And so I just need to be completely above board in this spreadsheet. There won't be a $10,000 win. This is what happened. I registered for the big spy this week. Okay. That was a 5,100 and what was it? Yeah. 5555 entries. I said, you know what? I'm feeling a little, feeling a little flush. Maybe I'll hop in another spy. So I hopped in the baby spy, the baby spy with 2222. That's the one I got $10,000 in. But for the one that we account for, we bricked out. We bricked out. We'll talk about that one in a second, but uh, everyone here wants to know about the big score here. Let me check in on the chat. Hassan, yes, you can have. I, I just need to keep a dollar for myself, which I will frame, and you can have the uh, have the next uh, or the rest. 
Trizzy P, two big weeks in a row. I know, man, just an unreal heater. Back-to-back, top 20 finishes in the SPY, two nice showdown slates. Rest in peace, Deposit King, 2020-2020. The withdraw king. Here's the thing. I'm not going to withdraw. I'm not going to withdraw. The money stays in the account. Um, I know I've, people have already been sending me the link to the 444 DraftKings Millie Baker. Uh, yeah. You know what? There's one thing I am good at. There is one thing I'm good at and it is bankroll management. Uh, so I think I will be, um, I'll, I'll stay in line. We're going to, we're going to splash around a little bit, but we will stay in line. Yeah. Why won't DraftKings send me a large check? I, I tried to reject the money going into my account and have them send me the check. They did not, they did not oblige. Okay, so let's talk about this lineup here. The thing that I knew I wanted a Russ Wilson double stack, and first off, I'll say this. Old Peter would never have played this stack. 2019 bankroll challenge, Pete, no way. He would have looked at the ownership, and he would have said, I can't I can't do it. It's going to be too popular. It's going to be too popular. You can't play the best plays if everyone's going to have the best plays. But I've learned. I've grown and I've evolved, and I realized you can play that stack. I just need to get creative elsewhere, and that's what I did. Austin Eckler was kind of one of the pivots off of chalk like Jonathan Taylor, and who else was chalky? Zeke, I guess. Um, I did eat the Miles Sanders chalk, and it didn't get there fully, but I guess when 60% of the field has it and it doesn't totally bomb, you're okay. And then the other things I was thinking about with this lineup is I knew Russ and the double stack would be popular, but I also wanted to be unique with my bring back. And Amari and Lamb, I knew were going to be very popular. Gallup, when I looked at the ownership percentages on Sunday, the ownership wasn't actually that much different for Gallup. I was thinking we were going to get more of an ownership discount on him after the two kind of dud weeks, but he was still projecting in the 10 to 15% range. So I was like, I don't necessarily love that. And I really wanted to get Allen Robinson in. So I was like, why don't I save a little money, bring it back with Dalton Schultz, who is coming off a really big week and no one wanted to play him. I think we're still kind of anchored to how we feel when we see these names that feel random, like Dalton Schultz. Who's he? But, you know, I thought he was a good bring back. He actually had a, a nice red zone target that got batted away. But again, four for 48 at 2.3% at 4,500. We can live with that. But I think to me, what's interesting about this lineup is in my mind, I only got three things right. I, I got the Russ double stack right. And that's the beauty of stacking. We only have to get one thing right. If Russ goes off and they have a condensed target share, it's probably going to be Metcalf and Lockett. Okay, that's one thing. Allen Robinson was my favorite play of the week. Uh, I mentioned it on uh, the line movement show in the morning. He felt very similar to Terry McLaurin to me last week, basically a low owned guy. You know, he ended up coming in at 20%, which was higher than what he was projected earlier in the week. I believe it was the defensive back who was scratched for the Cowboys ended up probably pushing more ownership onto him late on, on Sunday. That said, his combination of target floor, I mean, he had nine targets back-to-back weeks, this game environment against the Falcons. He was like a must-play for me. He was in both of my lineups. And so that's the second thing I got right. And then the third thing was Austin Eckler. You know, Eckler to me kind of felt like this week's Aaron Jones, the guy that had 
the monster upside at running back, but was going to be relatively low owned. And I, I am legitimately curious why he wasn't more owned just because I think the Panthers are awful. And we've seen the Panthers just give up monster weeks now to Josh Jacobs, Leonard Fournette, and now Eckler. So that was interesting to me. But again, those are the three things I got right. I had Miles Sanders chalk bomb. I had Schultz do fine. Hamler bombed, but at 3,000, he can. And then the Eagles D was serviceable thanks to overtime and getting a few more sacks. So, you know, I was talking about this with Holka and Leone last night too, about this idea of um, why game stacking is nice because you just eliminate the number of things you have to get right. Like in another thing, that I think we should look at too is how much contest selection impacts how a lineup does. I saw some people being like, wait, how did you win $10,000 with this score? 202.7. So again, I said, this is a 2,222 person contest. If we go over to the big spy that had um, over double that, and we look at that score here, we can go see where 202.7 would finish in this. 202.7 is finishing here in 15th place. So 15th place in this is only 2000. I say only, I would, I would take that score every day of the week and twice on Sunday, but again, five times as much money in this smaller contest. And I'm as guilty of it as everybody, right? Like when I go to register for my contest and I sort by first place prizes, like we all, we all want the bigger prizes, but a lineup in a smaller field can have a higher return on investment just because the contests are top heavy and, but it's smaller and you have a better chance of sneaking up into those top five spots where all the money's at. So that's just something to consider. Again, I got lucky that I had, I had those two lineups and I was honestly debating. I was like, which one do I put in the big spy? Which one do I put in the little? I didn't put too much thought to it. I just tossed it in and I just happened to get lucky that it was in this one. So It's something to think about too when you're thinking about contest size. Let me check in on the chat here. Davis, uh, Davis trying to roast me for uh, KJ Hamler in the flex. See, Davis, Davis had a nice day yesterday. Uh, I somehow Davis eked out three screenshots yesterday. I think he was trying to overcompensate after he saw my screenshot. There was an MLB one, there was a FanDuel one, and then there was another FanDuel one. Um, Davis was trying to overwhelm the timeline and distract them from my victory. But I thought Davis had a nice day. And, you know, I've been really proud of him um, in his growth as a DFS player. And you guys should not let my massive day and massive year get in the way of knowing that Davis is doing well. Davis is doing well, too. Gallon says winning with the chalk. I've never been more disappointed in my life. I know. I know. Galaxy brain Pete is dead. Deposit King Pete is dead. Yeah. Just play running backs against Carolina. I, I, we are now that we're three weeks in, we get the flow chart. We are going to hear all about the Carolina flow chart for the rest of the year. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Um, Barry asks, would you have won the top prize if DK Metcalf doesn't pull a Leon let? So I wouldn't have gotten the top prize. Uh, I don't think so. However, I would have gotten second. Because this guy didn't have, he didn't have Metcalf. So that's a two point difference there or whatever. I would have gotten second for another 10K. That would have been a 20K score. 
I'm too blissed out, man. I don't even care about these bad beats anymore. I was one Jalen Richard non-fumble away, 1.11 points of, from Zay Jones away from winning 25K last week. I was one DK Metcalf blunder away from winning an extra 10K. But again, I just told you how lucky I got that I had this lineup in this contest and not the other. There's so much luck involved in like the upper, upper percentile outcomes. I'm just happy I'm putting shots on goal. Last week, top 20 in the spy. This week, a top three in the spy here. I just want to be in that mix and hope that I can get lucky. And boy, have I gotten lucky uh, with those top range outcomes. So um, let's see here. It, this lineup was hand-built. This lineup was definitely hand-built. I even, you guys want to know how hand-built this was? I came home or I woke up yesterday and I had my notes. I was hand-taking notes. See my player pool right there? In my stacks, that's that's some hand-built shit right there. Hand-built for life. Um, let's see here. Yeah, the balance, man. The balance is uncomfortable. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. I know Davis has been stealing the bits and screenshot equity. I will mentor Davis. I will. Um, Imagine not playing Isabella. I couldn't. I couldn't fit Isabella. I used. I used every last dollar of salary. He was three thousand. Isabella was thirty eight hundred. Would not have been able to fit him. Decuck Metcalf. Here's the thing about that. So I was tilting. Obviously, that non touchdown. However, him getting that touchdown at the end of the game when the Seahawks could have just kicked the field goal, and I swear to God, old Pete Carroll would have just kicked the field goal. The fact that they were aggressive and, and got that touchdown to DK, it felt like redemption. Uh, let's see here. Thunderdome next. Maybe, maybe no, I'm too much of a knit at heart. Um, I'm too much of a knit. Okay. So here's the controversy. Uh, the controversy, like I said, is this isn't the lineup I had in the bankroll, uh, challenge league with you guys. It's not the lineup I had in the bigger spy. This was a dustier lineup. Um, that said, I don't mind it. Uh, there's a couple mistakes here that I think I made that I want to discuss. Matt Ryan at 1.6% seems crazy to me at home versus Chicago. The thing that killed me early on was Gage getting concussed, that he had that hit in the red zone, and he, w- he was going to be on his way to another nice PPR, guy, uh, PPR day. So that that really stung because, again, Ridley smashes. Um, I, I guess smash might be a little overzealous. He didn't get in the box, but he's just been rock solid. And then Allen Robinson, like I said, was the guy I wanted to get in everywhere yesterday, and I wasn't going to stack up uh, Trubisky and I didn't like the other stacking options. I guess Jimmy Graham ended up being the play there, but I wasn't going to get that gross. So this was just another double stack here. That was going to be pretty low owned, bring it back with a Rob. And then I decided to kind of try to leverage all the Russ Wilson lineups, uh, with Carson that didn't work out. CD lamb didn't work out. Um, I do think my mistake here is playing CD lamb because, well, I don't know. I think I could go either way on it. I feel like if you're playing the chalkier guy as a one-off from a game, that that's not sharp because if Lamb goes off, it means that the DAC with Lamb game stacks are probably going to always be ahead of me, even if my Falcon stuff hits. So I think I probably should have done Gallup here, but I did like the mini correlation of Carson with Lamb and... um 
and it fit well here. I mean, Sanders, Sanders, I guess I'm just not going to beat myself up over too much. That was just such a gross game. If you would have told me he was going to be 60% owned, I am probably getting off of him. But at 6,000, his role, he's probably going to be in the air yards by low model this week. He was getting so many targets downfield. Um, let's see here. Um, Davis thoughts with some QBs accounting for so many points, bad to fade the under 55 totals that they're in. Yeah. I, I was wrestling with this too. And that was my thought of like, how can, if those games don't shoot out and you don't have them, what are the ways to win? And in, in, in this lineup, I was like, okay, Carson gets it done on the ground and maybe CD lamb just has a really nice PPR day. Um, so I saw paths for that winning, but the reason I was talking with Leone about Matt Ryan before, and he wasn't too excited about him just because you don't have the rushing equity that these guys like Dak and Russ and Josh Allen and Cam are giving you, but as pass happy as they've been, um, I just like the idea of that double stack that was really affordable, um, at that price. So I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind the stack at all at the ownership. Um, it just, it just didn't work out here. Um, yeah, I'm sort of thinking that Ben Ryan, Bree Stafford tier is just not good anymore. I do think to that point, like you don't want to, you don't want to single stack those guys. I mean, the Matt Ryan double stack is just so easy because with Julio out, you're locking in Ridley and then you're deciding between Hurst engage and I honestly think I just ran bad with gauge getting injured there I mean wasn't that in the first quarter he got injured he was at five points already he was gonna have a nice PPR day um all right let me check in on um Ryan Hodge yeah why haven't we done a show together man let's do it let's do it um I gotta check in on the Roto Grinders YouTube chat um would you sell girly and what level wide receiver should i get silver badger i don't know if this is the the buy low season long thing but um you had me at sell girly yes i would have never drafted girly i would never have girly but if i did i would sell him um i'm definitely embracing josh allen man he seems like a guy you need to have every single week he it's just the the upside is insane with the rushing floor digs is top five wide receiver in the NFL. Um, what does Drew say here? I think Ryan's ownership percentage is very nice in one week is a small sample to say it's not a good play. Yeah, I, I, I think I think both things can be right. I think it is in a macro sense, like Davis said, smart to steer away from some of these quarterbacks um, who don't have um, the upside in the, these, these game environments. But we've also seen like week one, it's the Rodgers- double stack against the Vikings that ends up yielding a millimaker winner last uh, yesterday, a Kirk cousins with say Justin Jefferson and Dalvin cook would have been one of the better plays. So there are still paths to these guys in games that not everyone is on to, to shoot out. And I was actually kind of surprised at the total for the Falcons. I just think we know how they play. We, we I just mentioned uh, Gurley being a sell. Like we have no faith in that running game and the Falcons they just love to throw the ball. So yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to beat myself up over that play. Um thank you guys. Yeah, tilt space every uh Sunday evening. We uh we tilt at 6:30 p.m. Eastern. You guys can find links to that on my Twitter. It is a good time. Um let's see here. Ryan Hodge feel like just building your pool around dual threat is the optimal thing to do long-term. 
Yeah. And the other thing, the added bonus of that is like, you know, you see here in this lineup, when I went in on Matt Ryan, like I am allocating four of my nine slots to this game. And then the pieces fitting around it, it just becomes a little harder. Whereas if you just want to do like yesterday, Cam to Harry, and you don't even have to bring it back if you don't want to, that gives you so much more flexibility to get in the pieces you like. Doing the game stacks, it just eliminates decisions for you, which can be freeing and that you don't feel like you have to hit on every single thing. But if you do like lots of plays you like, um, that didn't make sense. If you have lots of plays you like, it just gives you more flexibility to find them in. And, you know, there's ways you can do it too. Like you could have done Kyler to Isabella as a as a single skinny stack yesterday. You could easily have done Josh Allen to Diggs as a skinny stack. And I think a lot of those dual threat quarterbacks, it it makes it more logical to just single stack. And uh and clearly Josh Allen to Diggs is one of the one of those premium versions of it. Yeah, Logan Thomas uh, is interesting. His usage super encouraging. It's only a matter of time before he hits in lineups. I agree. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is just really capping the upside there, but his role is is locked and loaded behind Terry McLaurin as that wide receiver too. So I hope his price continues to hover around here um, at thirty seven hundred. I, I agree. I think he'll continue to be a good play. Um, let's see here. What else do we got? Yeah, one time is pissed, you son of a bitch. We want Deposit King back immediately, throwing a little Manzanelli so we can get back to normal. I know, man, it's weird times. It's 2020, man. 2020 is crazy. The Deposit King's winning at DFS. What the hell is up with this year, man? 2020. Um, Let's see the winning lineup in this one. 234, what a monster score. This is uh, This is a nice lineup, so... No DK Metcalf, just Russell Wilson to lock it with the Gallup bring back. Gallup, what's interesting to me is like this ownership percentage here was lower than what I was seeing projected on sites. So Gallup is definitely a, a very nice play at 7.5% ownership. Um, he he ate the Sanders shock too, but got an Eckler and McKinnon. And then Graham, what a punt at 3,400, 1.1%, getting those two tutties get my guy, Alan Robinson, unique construction here to have a Rob and Jimmy Graham with no quarterback, no other Falcons in here. Um, not a ton of correlation in this lineup. Uh, I guess he has Sanders Eagles D and then the, the skinny stack. So just enough correlation, but it gave him, um, the ability to hit some more one-off plays that you wouldn't have hit with a full game stack. I honestly don't know how many people got on Graham. I w- I thought, I thought Herndon was a better play at the same price point. He was 3,400 too, right? Um, After he burned everyone, clearly he was not the better play. But yeah, I don't know how you get on Graham. And I'm also, I'm also an ageist. Uh, So like these guys, I I might miss on Graham, but then I'm also not going to whiff on AJ Green and T.Y. Hilton. I'm just, I'm just not playing those guys. Um, even Deshaun Jackson, it's just a bummer. Like everything keeps aligning for him week after week. And I know he leaves with the hamstring injury, but I think you just got to be careful with some of these, these veterans who are starting to show us that they, uh, they're pretty dusty. Um, yeah, let's see here. Uh, Joe Deering are QBs with no rushing upside, even viable anymore. That's what we were just talking about. Um, I think to me, the, uh, exceptions would be and of course i'm going to make exceptions for uh 
my lineup. This is the one that it's the same lineup in the bankroll challenge league. But I think if, if it has a condensed target share on a team that throws a ton and it's going to be low owned, those are exceptions I'm willing to make. Um, but I, I still, I do agree in principle that they aren't as viable anymore. But again, we're trying to, we're trying to nail top one percentile outcomes and hitting on a low owned double stack is a really nice way to do it. And, and again, I just don't think anyone's going to disagree that the Falcons MO is going to be to chuck the ball nonstop. And they just had a rough game yesterday. Uh, let's see here. Falcons new tight end flowchart D. I guess I didn't even realize that. Who else have they given up touchdowns to? I can't remember. I can't remember. Who are you taking on the Monday night football showdown slate? I haven't, I haven't done my, uh, I haven't done my research yet. I haven't done it yet. I mean, going to be lots of chalky options. So, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe Sammy Watkins, even though he's out of the concussion protocol, maybe that kink in his neck is still giving him issues. Maybe it's Michael Hardman time. Maybe boy, would I like it to be Michael Hardman time? I'm legally not obligated to talk about my Michael Hardman best ball shares, but God, it would be nice if it was Michael Hardman time. Uh, Sleepy Joe says no rushing QB, no dice. It's true. It's true. Um, Schultz, Schultz, Schultz. Oh yeah. That's who the Falcons gave up to. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is uh, I'm sure Davis would agree as well. I mean, the flow chart stuff is incredibly noisy as far as how it pertains to specific positions. But I think the point stands, we should be targeting skill position players against the Falcons, um, regardless of if they're wide receiver or tight end or whatever. They're just a bad defense that throws a lot, pushes the pace in games and results in a lot of fantasy points here. Um, here we go. Checking in on uh, the... Uh, YouTube over at Roto Grinders Chat. Dylan, anyone have Pete's Twitter? I got Pete's Twitter, man. I'll drop it in here for you, dude. At Peter Overzet. Smash, smash the, the follow button. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with Tube Socks. Falcons give it up to every position. That that stuff is like, it's fun. Trust me, like the flow chart stuff is fun. The little positional grids that have some guys in green, like, oh my God, the Panthers to RB2s give up more than 200 percentage points over expectation. This is a three-week sample size. It's incredibly noisy. Um, I think it's okay to want to target defenses on a whole, but if you're getting that granular on it, I I uh I think you're I think you're overthinking it um and you shouldn't be just jamming in a positional play because of how a team has fared against a position uh week over week not to mention that that kind of narrative is also going to lead to higher ownership once the flow chart is established like if we want to push this agenda that the Falcons are awful against tight ends and we push that agenda who are the Falcons playing next week Let's see if we can move some ownership with a fake, with a fake narrative that we don't actually believe in. Okay, they are playing the Packers next week. Robert Tanyan? Is it Robert Tanyan season? I guess it's going to be Monday night, so it won't affect the main slate ownership. But um, I think I want to start everybody, anyone who's catching passes against the Falcons, and I'm not not, not going to discriminate and say Robert Tanyan is going to have a better game than Alan Lazard because of what Jimmy Graham did last week. Maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe I need to come to Jesus on the flowchart philosophy. Yeah. Um, let's see here. 
we should update the spreadsheet. That is one of kind of the the rituals that we do here. And imagine how fun it would have been if I could have import if I could put a ten thousand dollar win here. But I can't. I do not need a controversy on my hands. First, we had people like Davis coming after me, saying that I might have used. God forbid, an optimizer for my showdown lineups. And now if I were to sneak a $10,000 win onto my spreadsheet, even if it wasn't technically the right spy, I can't do that in good faith. I absolutely cannot do that. Um, I am going to check in on the listener league in a second. Um, Speaking of listener league, I did make the league for this week. I did make the league for this week. If you guys want to hop into it, um, let's see how many people we got. I did make it 150 this week. We are making it bigger. Wow. You guys are chomping at the bit to get in here. 41 out of 150. Like I said, I haven't been posting the link um, in YouTube because they um, they gave me a strike on my channel last year for linking out to it. So I will post it in uh, these chats here if you guys want to join the listener league. There is the link. The Roto Grinders chat won't let me post it. It says they don't like it when I post links. Um, so you guys can hit me up for it on Twitter if you guys want to play. Um, I'm trying to do too many things right now. What am I doing? I want to input this this spy team. This one stinks, right? This sucks. 120.02. Just think how fun this would have been. How much fun that would have been to put in a $10,000 win into the bankroll challenge. But we, we continue to fight. We needed drama. We needed drama. Rank 4241. That stinks. That stinks. Zero dollars. We are still up in the bankroll challenge specifically. What was the cash line in this one? What was the cash line? Positions paid 1160. Um, all right. What was the cash line? Uh, 155.7, similar to last week. Um, and what was my difference? How many? Ooh, yeah. So I was, I was a good ways off. I was a good ways off there. 35.68 points from the cash line. But like I said, I don't, I don't have too many regrets about that Falcons double stack. I built, um, ended up building five lineups yesterday, hand built with these beautiful, beautiful hands. Um, I did the two spies, the hundred dollar single entries. And then I did, um, they have a five max, a $33 five max. So I had a couple other lineups in there and that's about my sweet spot. That's about my sweet spot, um, is building three to five lineups with my hands. And, uh, and we're going to keep it up here. We're going to keep it up. We're going to keep the bankroll in check in this challenge. We're only up $100. So we cannot rest on our laurels just because we might have some money in our DraftKings account. No, we must continue to press on. I am already in the spy for this week on DraftKings. I am in the big one. We will continue with the big one with uh, 5,555 entries. Let's see here. Um, Yeah. Yeah, they they did um, a lot of the YouTube. They came after poker and DFS channels last year if you had links out to sites, whether that was poker sites, DFS sites, and they hit me with a strike, and uh, that was brutal, and I'm, I've never recovered. I've been so owned. Um, thank you, Drew. 
Drew, uh, Drew was on the show last year. If you guys remember him, he was also on Twitter banging the drum for Rex Burkhead yesterday. So check out Drew always has a good eye for GPP strat Tanyan or Sternberger. Yeah. Um, going into the season, I was more of a Sternberger guy. I thought he was going to be the tight end. Um, unfortunately it looks like it's going to be kind of a split and these tight end splits are gross. I'm still tilting the TJ Hawkinson, Jesse James usage as someone who is very invested in TJ Hawkinson and a lot of formats, some of which I'm not illegally allowed to discuss seeing Jesse James get targets and red zone targets is, is just massively tilting, massively tilting. Um, let's see, Joe has a positive in correlation with how I'm doing. I seem to run hot and cold with how you're doing on a weekly basis. So if you could stay hot, that'd be great. Let's do it, Joe. I'll see what I can do. Um, let's check in on the listener league. I believe someone needs to remind me. I believe I have too many tabs open. I believe Fritzy boy won it last week. Am I correct? I feel like I remember talking about Fritzy boy last week. Fritzy boy, if you are in the chat, let me know. Um, this is a nice lineup here. Uh, another uh, Russ Wilson to DK Lockett, double stack, bring it back with Gallup. We talked about Logan Thomas. Oh, he actually has Amari Cooper in here. So he went full game stack, four wide receivers. Don't mind that at all. You know that's going to be unique in a field that's this small, only 100 entries. Singletary, I thought was, I, I didn't have him in any of my lineups, but I couldn't really find a knock on Singletary at 4,900 was with no Zach Moss. I mean, I, I couldn't find a knock. I mean, TJ Yeldon wasn't a threat. It was going to be a good game environment. I'm kind of, kind of wondering why I didn't have Singletary at least over Sanders in a lineup or two. That's a nice play there. And in the ownership at 25%, I mean, Singletary at 25% with no Zach Moss versus Miles Sanders at 60%. Um, and $1,100 more expensive. I think I need to rethink my process for not having single, because I like Singletary as a player and as a talent. And the only concern was Zach Moss stealing the high leverage touches, both in the passing game and at the goal line. So when you remove him, it's, it's wheels up, um, 50 receiving yards, 71 rush yards, four receptions. I mean, if he gets a goal line carry and he did, he got stuffed at the goal line a few times. I mean, he was really on the bad side of variance there. I mean, he's a total smash if he gets into the end zone. Um, so I think it was bad not to consider Singletary more heavily. And I, I honestly don't know why I didn't. Let's see if he was on my list. Did I write him even down? I don't think I wrote him down. Note the running backs I wrote down were Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Chris Carson, James Conner, um, McKinnon, Eckler. Those were my non-chalk guys is what I was writing down. Um I obviously had Sanders uh, in a bunch of lineups. Let's see here. Um, yeah, we, we'll get we'll get Drew back on um, every Friday at noon Eastern. I do a bankroll build show with a savvy tournament player. Week one we had Drew Dinkmeyer on. Week two we had Chop on. I haven't booked a guest yet for week three, but um, I will say that is all I do is I ask questions that. I want to know, <laughs> you know, I am picking people's brains. I truly do think it's one of the better spots to go, you know, farm to table, 
how to build these lineups for these contests. We work a little bit off an optimizer. I know, I know it's sacrilegious, but it gives us a baseline. And then we find out what our guest um, is thinking and how they like to approach not only that specific slate, but also um, just single entry and three max uh, in general. So I obviously I'm biased, but I do really think if you want to get better at this stuff, that those Friday shows um, are, are very helpful. And I say that from a selfish perspective in that I find them immensely valuable um, in getting new perspectives, talking to guys like Dink and Chop. So we will keep that rolling on Friday. Um, thank you, Davis. Davis liked the, the show with Chop. And it, it what's also fun is getting the variety of styles. Like Dink and Chop are two very different um, players, they have different styles, um, and yet they can both have winning approaches in different ways. So it's fun to kind of explore that and then see which things you want to pull for yourself. Um, here we go. Um, this is a good point too. I, I mean, I thought Mike Davis, um, I was a little scared about Mike Davis. My, um, non hindsight bias take was that Mike Davis had a high floor because I did think he was going to catch passes. Um, but I didn't think he necessarily had the ceiling, but they pretty much just plugged him right into the Christian McCaffrey role, which sounds crazy, but that's what they did. And he was a very nice play as well. So um, I like McKinnon as a talent, but at that range, I think he was a little bit more of a trap as far as what we could realistically expect for his workload. But man, yeah, Singletary and Mike Davis were just good plays. And it's um, it's another example of how, kind of the narratives and the chalk funnel us to the specific constructions each week, right? Like there are weeks where Singletary would have been mega chalk or even Mike Davis would have been mega chalk in the same way Boston Scott was mega chalk week one without uh, Miles Sanders. And so those end up being really good plays where you're like, okay, if this thing didn't happen, you know, if everyone didn't want to play Miles Sanders and Jonathan Taylor, they would all be playing one of Singletary or Mike Davis that's not happening because of the other chalk that makes those really good plays. The play itself in a vacuum has not changed. Only the ownership has. So I, I agree with you. I think Mike Davis and Singletary should have gotten much more consideration, especially in a week where we wanted to pay up for some of these more expensive wide receivers in, in these games. You know, all of the, all of those wide receivers in the Dallas Seattle game were great plays Ridley and Allen Robinson were great plays. So um, those cheaper running backs allowed you to do it and uh, and not a huge opportunity cost uh, there as well um, relative to the amount of touches you could project them to. Was Kelly a donkey play? Um, I, I, I thought he was a good play. And again, I didn't end up getting him in any of my lineups basically because of that opportunity cost thing. I thought his projection was a little more fragile and his production to date seems to be a little bit more noisy as far as the amount of carries he was getting um, week to week uh, has kind of ping ponged around. But the reason I like the play is because, again, I think the Panthers are really bad. And I thought both him and Eckler could have really nice days, but Eckler was always going to have the higher floor and ceiling um, just based on how they're using him. Kelly fumbled the ball in the game. I think that actually limited his touches a little bit. They also didn't have a great game script. I thought they would be playing from a lead more. They were actually playing from behind uh, for a lot of that game, which I also think hurt Kelly. So 
in a vacuum, I don't think Kelly was a donkey play, but I do think it was a donkey play in that you could have played Singletary or Mike Davis at similar costs um, and similar ownership for more projected touches. So that's the only thing. And and that's one thing that like Joe and Leonia have been trying to hammer into me is the opportunity cost at running back. Um, there is a lot um, when you are taking flyers on some of these guys with fragile workloads. That said, for millimaker type contests, like you needed Rex Burkhead yesterday. You know, you would need those kind of plays. And Mike Davis or Rex Burkhead really are the kind of one-off plays you need to win the massive tournament. So I don't think you should remove them from your player pool. I just think you don't necessarily need to make plays like Josh Kelly and Jarek McKinnon in these smaller field single entry three max contests. Uh, what does Drew got here? I judge the Singletary um, versus Davis McKinnon on the over under in the spread. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to do it too. If we think that these guys are relatively similar plays, um, using those things as tiebreakers, um, the ownership in the game environment, um, as well. Singletary, really nice game environment there. Um, since everyone expected the bills to score a lot of points here. Yep. Rex and Graham won someone a million, just absolutely wild. We were on the, uh, uh, I do a podcast with Chris Spaggs and we were reviewing the Millie maker, uh, lineup last night on splash play. And again, this is the mill. If you go look at the winning millimaker lineups versus the winning lineup from, you know, the spy, one thing you will, you won't generally see the massive game stack because you have to be individually right at every single position. And it's like, it's a total mind bender to be like, how do I end up with Rex Burkhead and Jimmy Graham in the same lineup? But that's what it takes to win a million dollars. Whereas you don't need to do that in these fields. Again, I finished third for $10,000 getting three things right. Seahawks double stack, Allen Robinson, and Eckler. Literally only I had to get three things right. In the Millimaker, three things right doesn't fly. You need what? Seven or eight things right out of nine? Um, John Brandon over here on the Roto-Grinder chat. Congrats, Pete. Thank you, guys. Uh, Tube Socks, did you consider Connor or Henry over Eckler? Both low-owned. Both those guys were on my on my note. Um, I did Eckler though, I believe was much cheaper than both of them at 6,800. This lineup, um, I believe used all of the cap. Oh, a hundred dollars here. Thanks to the, the Roto grinders extension. I had a hundred dollars left over. So I liked those plays. I thought Henry, I thought Dalvin cook. I thought Connor were all good plays. These bell cow backs that aren't catching as much ownership for whatever reason. Um, but Eckler was the one that fit. And I love, I love me some running backs who are going to reliably catch passes. Um, Austin Eckler was going to be relevant to this game plan, no matter what happened. Um, even with Carolina winning here. Um, I am on a little bit of a, of a hot streak with that. Terry McLaurin was my week one guy, a Rob last week. And honestly, there's a theme there, right? It's these stud wide receivers who are on bad teams. And I think, people get scared of bad quarterback play. Um, and I, I do think it's a it's a real concern, but how I think about it is bad quarterback play is generally more bad for the offense on the whole and the ancillary options. We were just talking about Logan Thomas. Like Dwayne Haskins can support Terry McLaurin, even if he's not having a good game, but he's probably not going to be able to support both of them. Same with Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles. Like he's probably not going to be able to support 
you know, two or three wide receivers, but even in a bad game, if these guys who aren't, you know, the, here we go, film watcher take the quarterbacks that can actually go through their projections. They're the ones that snap and just lock into their wide receiver. Like imagine the Deandre Hopkins days when he had the scrub quarterbacks thrown to him. And it's just like one read you're throwing to Deandre. Um, that's what these guys are. And I guess my takeaway is that these stud wide receivers who we can project for eight to 10 targets that are low owned, I think are smash plays. Um, and we'll continue to try to, to hunt for those, those guys as well. And I think you do have to be selective on the talent as well, because I think a lot of people would have pointed to AJ green and T Y Hilton as being similar process plays, both in the air yards by low model, both alphas on, on bad passing offenses, uh, relatively speaking, um, McLaurin and a Rob, from just a player profile stance, I feel very, very good about as talents. And I do believe that good wide receivers um, earn uh, targets and earn fantasy points almost uh, in spite of whoever their quarterback is. Um, How much of a cut does your $10 DM lineup builder guy get? Oh, yeah, yeah. From the Swole cast, Uh, my guy, Mike, you know, he ghosted me, man. Um, he, I wanted to hop on, on the phone with him and do a, do a consultation. Um, all right, guys, this has, this has been fun. Like I said, hop in the, um, the league. You can shoot me a message on Twitter. If you want me to get you this link, we will continue to do this bootleg underground style. Um, the bankroll challenge is, um, we're currently now registered for this week, which puts us even on the year. But again, we're having a very nice, very nice heater to the season. Um, I feel like I said, a lot of this money is luck in that finishing in those top percentile outcomes is luck, but I'm getting shots on goal. Um, I'm giving myself chances to get lucky and I feel good about that. Um, and I appreciate you guys coming in and sweating with me. And, uh, you know, this process for me is much funner when I'm winning. I know you guys like seeing me tilt. There will be plenty of time for tilting throughout the season. I promise you my heater will come to an end. It's, uh, it's an un honestly unreal heater. So I'm just going to enjoy it for now. And when we come crashing down to earth, I will be here to tilt in front of all of you guys, please. If you, I I'm so bad at this that everyone is so much better at doing this than me. But if you guys will like and subscribe to my YouTube channel, if you haven't like and subscribe to Roto Grinders, uh, it would be much appreciated here. Um, But yeah, appreciate you guys. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you on Friday at 12 Eastern for a bankroll builder show for week four. Week four, we're already on to week four. All right, guys, we will see you. (laughs) 